The South Carolina Gamecocks managed to defeat the South Carolina State Bulldogs 50-10 on Thursday night to get back to over 500 for the season. What were my thoughts on the contest? I'll discuss that today on the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. Our Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's show is brought to you by Underdog. Sign up on underdogfantasy.com with the promo code LOCKEDON and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast, your show for daily headlines and potential storylines on your favorite South Carolina Gamecock sports teams. I'm your host, Andrew Lyon, and as always, Thank you once again for making the Locked On Gamecocks podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts daily. And I got a lot to discuss after the South Carolina Gamecocks managed to pull away from the South Carolina State Bulldogs 50-10 to last night in williams Bryce. although it wasn't always pretty. The first segment for today's show, I'm going to talk about the offense's performance. Segment two, I'll talk about the defense. And then the final segment, I'll discuss sort of a quick preview, quick initial preview, I guess, of the Kentucky game that is going to take place this next weekend and why it is so important for the Gamecocks in terms of how their season will play out. That is going to be the roadmap for today's show. So let's go ahead and get on right into it with South Carolina's performance on offense. Overall, I thought that the Gamecocks did attempt to do a little bit more in terms of the passing game. I did not think that they blocked well enough in the rushing game, but they were able to spread the football around to multiple different guys, both at the wide receiver and tight end and running back positions in the passing department. We'll start off with Spencer Rattler real quick. Spencer Rattler, in my opinion, did get an opportunity last night to finally uncork the ball a little bit on some intermediate to deep passes in the passing game. And admittedly, I am not sure just how much the wind could have potentially affected some of his throws because I do think it was somewhere between 10 to 25 miles per hour this past evening because, of course, Hurricane Ian is right now on track to make landfall in South Carolina as a Category 1 hurricane. We're already sort of feeling the effects of those outer bands that are starting to move on through. But to get back to the game, he did have a lot of in-stride throws to his receiver targets, which was the only concern that I really had when he did throw the ball deep. But again, I don't know how much the wind could have affected all of this. And You know, admittedly, when looking at Spencer Rattler's game in terms of how he's able to make a bunch of solid passes off platform when he's on the move outside the pocket, and based on kind of what I saw last night in a small sample size, I sort of believe that this offense needs to be catered more to some sideline passes outside of the numbers. So essentially, I think that you need to throw out some more comeback routes, maybe some more out routes, some sail routes where you're kind of looking like you're going on a crossing route across the middle of the field. And then at some point you plant and basically cut straight out towards the sideline. I think that routes like that, which allow the wide receivers some space to be able to work back towards the ball and gives Rattler sort of some more freedom 
him to maybe be able to not only lead the wide receiver or the receiving threat, maybe the running back, but also be able to pretty much ensure that the ball's going to get to him without having to sort of throw it right over his head. I think that that would help Spencer Rattler a great deal in this offense. Again, I know that it sounds like I'm basing all this just off of one game. And admittedly, I have not gone back and watched the South Carolina State game again just yet. But I didn't feel like that Spencer Rattler did well enough in terms of where he was spotting the ball on some of these intermediate to deep passes. And one more thing I'll say, I did see some fans who were seemingly pretty excited about what they saw out of him against the South Carolina State game. And again, I'm not saying that you shouldn't get excited, but I will remind y'all, don't go too crazy because quite frankly, a lot of the completions in the passing game yesterday evening were off of a bunch of bubble screens, swing passes, and some short hitch routes, which at the deepest was like four or five yards down the field. Okay, most quarterbacks should be able to complete passes like that. The stuff that is in the intermediate and deep passing ranges are what you should be paying more attention to. And from what I saw last night, Rattler, again, he he managed to get the ball to the receiver, but Rattler doesn't have that kind of bar set on him as a quarterback. Rattler's expected to be a guy that can put the ball right on the money more often than not. And again, the weather or the wind could have affected that last night, but I just didn't feel like that we saw enough of that. So that was my overall thoughts on Rattler's performance against South Carolina State. When looking at the running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends, this was a solid plus. 11 different Gamecocks caught a pass last night, which in my opinion is a good sign in terms of getting the ball out to multiple different playmakers on this offense. There was one receiving threat that did seem to have a bit of a rough night yesterday evening, and that was Xavier Leggett, who had two different drops that led to interceptions. I will say the first drop I don't really put completely on him. Again, whether it was the wind affecting the ball or Rattler just on throwing it just a little bit, he had to slow up and, you know, kind of fall to the ground on a post route, catching the football. And when he hit the ground, he hit the ground with enough force that the ball literally just kind of shot up and then literally bounced around. It seemed like three different people before a South Carolina State defender eventually caught the ball for what ended up leading to an interception. And then the second drop that led to a pick, uh, yeah, I, you cannot put that on wind, on ground effects or anything. The second pick was pretty much all on Xavier Leggett. I mean, he's got to catch that pass. And again, I'm not saying that, you know, it's easy because obviously Rattler can put a little bit of fire, a little bit of gusto on his passes at times. But I mean, the ball hit Xavier right in the hands. It basically went almost right on through him. And the South Carolina State defender, who was a solid four or five yards behind him, wound up getting another interception. So Xavier Leggett, again, not trying to pick on him because it can happen to any receiver, but he did not have the greatest of performances last night. The tight ends, in my opinion, at times could have done a little bit of a better job in terms of their blocking on edge runs, but they did not have too many lapses sort of compared to a game like Georgia State where they had a ton of issues getting out in front of defenders and being able to seal off blocking lanes for the running backs to be able to run right on through. Now, the offensive line. 
I'll go ahead and say this. In terms of run blocking, the offensive line took a step back last night. I did not think that they did a very good job, especially on the edge. I will say this. I think it is very apparent or should be very apparent at this point that some of these runs that the team is trying to run on the edge are concepts that are just not going to work with this offensive line unit. I'm not saying that those guys are never going to be able to execute some of those kind of plays, but it's very clear to me that in terms of trying to ask most of the offensive line unit to get out in space, trying to get out in front of the running backs and then find defenders to cover, I just don't think that the offensive line has the capability to do that kind of stuff. They have got to have some more gap blocking scheme type run plays drawn up for them. And I think that this is part of the problem with the edge rushing game for the South Carolina Gamecocks. In pass protection, I will say, the offensive line did a pretty good job. They kept Spencer Rattler clean for pretty much the majority of the ball game. And quite honestly, even a few times when Spencer Rattler felt like he had to scramble out of the pocket, he could have probably stayed back at least a little bit longer to look for an open receiver. Not going to try to nitpick on that, but overall, getting back to the O-line, they did a pretty good job in pass protection. And one last thing, I'll give the offense some credit. I've been mentioning this a lot on my show in terms of it being a negative. So now that they've done well in this department, I got to give them credit where credit is due. They did better on third down last night. They were 5 of 10 on third down, which again, against an FCS team like South Carolina State, you would probably like to see that number be a little bit higher with the talent that's on the offense. But considering the fact that they still converted 50% or more of their third downs, hey, it's progress. So props to the offense for doing better in that department. Now, in just a couple moments, I'll give y'all my overall opinion on what I thought of the defense's performance in this game. But before I do that, I need to pass along a message from our friends over at Underdog Fantasy, who are the sponsors for today's show. Underdog Fantasy is the fantasy app that's the easiest to play and where you can spice up your college football season. The thing that makes Underdog Fantasy different than all the other fantasy apps is the amount of focus and attention they have put towards their fan user experience. I was able to go on their app and navigate between all the different pickups that they have quite easily. And they don't have pickups just for college football, but they also got it for professional leagues as well, like the NFL. Major League Baseball, and many other leagues on top of that. And if you don't take my word for it, then take Kevin Durant's and Adam Schefter's word for it, as they have all personally invested their own money in Underdog Fantasy. And the best part about joining Underdog Fantasy is that when you sign up with the promo code Locked On, Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. You deposit $100, they'll give you $100 for free. So go to underdogfantasy.com or find the Underdog Fantasy app in the App Store or Google Play Store. Again, that's Underdog Fantasy with the promo code locked on. Get in on the college football pick'em action today. Welcome back to this edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your South Carolina Gamecocks every single day. All right, so I talked about the offense in the first segment on today's show. Now let's talk about the defense real quick. My overall opinion on the defense, um, yeah, they continue to have their struggles at the start of these games. And it's now starting to become a real dangerous trend that this side of the ball is carrying. And they do not need to keep this going against teams like Kentucky and other conference teams. 
that they have to play later on this season. So to get into all of that, let's start off with my thoughts on the defensive line unit. In my opinion, the pass rush was not good enough last night on the 18 pass attempts that South Carolina State did have on offense, as the defense only got one sack as a unit. Now, admittedly, South Carolina State did do some six and seven man protection schemes up front, which did sort of help to nullify some of the talent advantages at certain spots. But even with that and the regular pass rush, where it was just four D linemen going up against five offensive linemen from South Carolina State, most of the guys struggled to get a consistent pass rush and even really condense the pocket. Now, they did do a good job in terms of getting their hands up on passes and tipping the ball, which did lead to a couple more turnovers for the Gamecocks. As the Gamecocks got three interceptions as a defensive unit last night. But overall, pass rush has got to be better. There's too much talent, at least on paper, for this unit to not do better than one sack when you have, again, 18 different attempts to get after a quarterback when you're facing an FCS football team. You just got to do better than that. Now, in terms of rush defense, in my opinion, the D-line did do a good job in terms of some of these outside runs, especially the off-tackle runs. There were some inside runs where an interior defensive lineman did sort of get knocked out of their gap, and it opened up a lane for some of the Bulldogs running backs to go through scot-free and get to the second level and get at least five or more yards. But, you know, again, that only happened really a few times, and especially in the first half. The second half, the defense was able to make some adjustments and start to shut those down at a higher clip. Now, the one offensive concept that the Bulldogs ran last night that gave the defense a lot of fits was the triple option. And I got to be honest, when I was watching the game, I don't think that the defense was very prepared for this to get thrown out there in the game. Because the thing is, Tyrese Nick was the guy that was the quarterback for the South Carolina State Bulldogs when they were running this triple option. And I went back and checked the stats real quick leading into this contest. Yeah, Tyree Snick had only thrown three passes and I think ran the ball five or eight times all season in the previous three games combined. So probably what happened here was a clear-cut case of the coaches just did not really look at the film of Tyree Snick and maybe any of the triple option concepts that he could run really well. Or if they did look at that stuff, they did not look at it very long enough because obviously the option is an offensive concept that whether it is in the shotgun, whether it's read option, whether it's the old-fashioned flex bone triple option offense that you see the military academies run, the option is a very difficult offensive concept for defenses to have to defend because of the amount of guys that can get the football or could have the football at any given moment. And it's pretty clear to me that the defense just was not prepared for South Carolina State to go out there and make it a really big key part of their offensive game plan because the Bulldogs didn't go out the gates running the triple option, but they had some success and they decided to sort of throw Tyrese Nick out there a little bit more and make that part of their offensive game plan as the game sort of progressed. And up until the second half, the defense had a very hard time adjusting. Again, they did make the adjustments at halftime and early in the third quarter to stuff these runs a lot more and 
you know, force Tyrese Neck to have to actually, you know, maybe go back and make some throws or Corey Fields on some third and second and long type plays. So the defense did adjust to this. But again, this is something now that teams, maybe like a Florida who has Anthony Richardson at quarterback, I can guarantee y'all they're going to look at this film and yeah, you can guarantee that they are going to see this again later this season. I promise y'all that. Now, moving on from the defensive line unit, looking at linebacker real quick. Quick thoughts here. It was good to see Stone Blanton back out there and flying around on the football field. Stone Blanton has been dealing with a shoulder injury for the last couple of weeks, but he was able to go last night against the Bulldogs, and he, again, was flying around, running in the box on some rush plays and making some really solid hits on some Bulldog ball carriers. So I thought that that was something that was really good to see. Bam Martin Scott got, I believe, his first career interception as a Gamecock last night. And he should have had two, but the one where he tried to jump the route, he jumped the route perfectly, but he just wasn't able to come down with the ball in his hands. But the second time around, he did not let that ball hit the turf. Van Martin Scott had some really solid moments. Devo Williams, of course, got a lot of playing time, along with Donovan Westmoreland, another true freshman linebacker in this unit. This is a linebacker unit that has a lot more depth than people realize. It's just the issue is after you get past the second string, the experience factor really drops off a cliff. So obviously games like this, this is when you want to see guys like Stone Blanton and Donovan Westmoreland and Bam Martin Scott, guys that maybe play a lot more special teams than anything else, get more experience in this defense. And that's what they got against South Carolina State. So a big plus for the linebacker unit for that very reason. In terms of the defensive backs, uh, yeah, these guys have got to step up their game a little bit. These guys have got to do a better job of not getting penalized for holding and pass interference calls. We, The fan base has now seen this for two straight weeks where the secondary really seemed to have some issues in terms of getting behind some of the opposing wide receivers and trying to really work almost kind of too hard to get themselves back into the play to really try and recover in order to be able to defend a pass. And sometimes the guys are just getting a little bit too handsy. And it's a little bit weird to see this because this wasn't really an issue at the beginning of the season from what I can recall. And, you know, this is a unit that's very experienced. I mean, you got guys like Darius Rush, Marcellus Dow, Cam Smith. All these guys were starters last year in this secondary. So I'm not quite sure what the disconnect is there right now. Maybe it's just they've had a really rough couple of weeks. You know, Cam Smith has just, you know, come back from injury in the last couple of weeks. Darius Rush has been out, which has led to Marcel Style sort of having to maybe carry a little bit more of the load at that position. So there could be a multitude of factors at play here, which has led to some of these plays occurring the way they have. But either way, defensive backs have got to do a better job in terms of not getting penalized because, again, when you play better teams down the road, then uh, this is going to catch up to you in a hurry. Welcome back to the final segment of this Friday edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your team every single day in just 30 minutes. So I've talked about now what I thought of both the offenses and defenses performance from the South Carolina State game for the South Carolina Gamecocks. Now let's focus on the next game on the schedule, which is against the Kentucky Wildcats on the road in Lexington, Kentucky in week six. Now, this game is going to obviously have a lot of importance in terms of how the Gamecocks season could play out here. And to be honest with y'all, I would qualify this game as 
a must-win game. And I will probably go more in-depth on this this next week once it is officially Kentucky week. But the reason that I say this plain and simple is because in terms of what I've seen from South Carolina from a performance standpoint so far this season and looking at the schedule the rest of the way, there's really only two games that I would point to and say that South Carolina is probably a pretty good guarantee to win those games, and that is going to be Vanderbilt and Missouri. Other than those two opponents, I can't point to another game on this schedule where I could unequivocally look at it and say, yeah, I think that I would be very confident in predicting South Carolina to win. I just I, I just can't say that about any other game. Even the Florida game now. I've been impressed with some of what Florida has done so far this season. And they're a team that I would expect to get better as the season wears on. And if that is the case, and they get us at their place, even though they're coming off a couple tough games against Georgia, Texas A&M, you know, Florida's got some decent players still on that football team. And you throw in Anthony Richardson at quarterback, and what I mentioned earlier about the Gamecocks continuing to struggle defending the option attack, uh, yeah, it could set up to be a nightmare scenario for South Carolina's defensive front in that regard. So the point being, to get back to the Kentucky game, this is a game that I'm not going to say is you know a guaranteed South Carolina win or a guaranteed Kentucky win. This is more of a toss-up game than I think national analysts are going to predict heading into this contest. Listen, Kentucky has not done as well as the record would indicate so far this year. They have had their real bad moments in their own rushing attack. I think that they have yet to have a game where they averaged more than like three and a half yards per carry on offense, which is not good considering what we are used to seeing from the Kentucky Wildcats for the last several years in terms of having a really solid ground game and being able to lean on a solid offensive line unit. Again, a shocker. They're replacing three guys who all went to the NFL from their offensive line unit in 2021 and people thought that Kentucky could just plug and play some guys at both the bookend tackle spots and the center position. Turns out, uh, yeah, very few teams can actually do that. Kentucky is not one of them. So they have struggled in that facet of their offense, but they have seen some young guys step up at receiver. Barry and Brown is one guy. Dane Key, who should be familiar to some of you Gamecock fans out there that follow recruiting to a high degree. He's another guy that has done really well in that offense. Tavion Robinson from Virginia Tech has had some bright moments as well. Will Levis, while I'm not going to still sit here and say that, you know, he has taken a step forward at quarterback in this offense, I will say this. If it weren't for Will Levis, this football team would probably have one or two losses on record at this point in the year. The Florida game, they probably don't win that Florida game if it isn't for Will Levis being able to withstand the onslaught that he faced in the pass rush from the Florida Gators defense. They probably don't even win the Northern Illinois game if it's not for Will Levis putting the offense on his back in that game once again. So, Will Levis, again, I don't think that he is a guy that can completely carry the team in terms of a really big matchup against a solid enough opponent, an opponent that has a lot of talent. The Florida game that I mentioned, he still had a good rushing attack to lean back on. Against teams like Georgia and Tennessee and, you know, the old Miss game that they're going to be playing tomorrow afternoon, yeah, 
He's going to be asked to probably have to do even more than he's already had to up to this point. And I just don't think Will Levis is a quarterback that can handle doing that. But to get back to why this game is important for South Carolina, South Carolina has got to get some monkeys off their back. They have got to start winning games against, you know, the trio of teams in Florida. Tennessee and Kentucky. They got to win those games again before they can set their sights on trying to take on Georgia for the SEC East crown year in and year out. South Carolina has lost seven of the last eight games against Kentucky. Obviously, that is not a trend that can continue if South Carolina wants to get back to where they once used to be when Steve Spurrier, the man who was in the picture behind me, was the head coach of this football program. And up to this point, Shamir has had a couple of solid wins to point to. Last season, of course, the three that every fan for South Carolina would point to would be Florida, Auburn, and North Carolina. But there's an issue with that set of three games. There's some sort of excuse that can be used for each and every single one of those teams. For the Florida game, everyone would point to that game and say, well, Florida had quit on Dan Mullen at this point. So, of course, South Carolina doesn't get as much credit as they might feel like they deserve for that victory. For the Auburn game, which this one I very much do understand, admittedly, it's, well, we didn't give the ball to Tank Bigsby enough. We did not attack y'all the right way on offense, and for that reason, you know, we put ourselves in a hole and we allowed y'all to come back into the game. That's something that can be pointed to, admittedly, as well to a certain degree. For North Carolina, well, it was the Duke's Mayo Bowl. They weren't interested in playing that game. Sam Howell had a sight sell in the NFL. This is the kind of stuff that you'll hear some people bring up to certain extents. But the thing that I want y'all to keep in mind with all three of those games, none of those games were against a top 25 opponent. None of those games were against a top 15, top 10, top 5 opponent. None of those teams were ranked when South Carolina played them. Kentucky right now is ranked in the top 10. They're ranked, I think, 8th in the country. Depending on what happens against Ole Miss, Kentucky is going to be ranked in the top 25. They might be a top 20 team. Heck, if they beat Ole Miss on the road, they might actually be a top 5 team that looks like they could be in the initial group of four teams for the college football playoff. So, for that reason, South Carolina, if they go up to Lexington, Kentucky, they defeat the Kentucky Wildcats, a top 10, potentially top 5 team, whatever you want to say. That's the first big win that Coach Premier can look at recruits. He can look at guys that he wants to have in his program in the future and say, look at what we're doing right now. We're climbing slowly, but we are climbing up. We're not falling down the ladder right now. We are indeed climbing up the rung of the SEC East hierarchy. And with your help, you can get us to that top rung of the ladder where we are challenging Georgia every year for the SEC Eastern Division title. That's what Schengenberg needs for this program. So, for that reason, this game against Kentucky is an important game. In my mind, it's a must-win game. What are your thoughts on the Kentucky game? Do you think it is a must-win game for the South Carolina Gamecocks? What were your overall thoughts on their performance against South Carolina State on offense and defense? I want to hear all of y'all's thoughts, as always, down below in the comments section if you were watching today's show on YouTube. But, of course, if you were listening to today's show on an audio podcast app, 
wherever you get your podcast daily. You can also feel free to shoot me a message at a lion underscore SC on Twitter, and I'll be sure to respond to any replies or comments that you have for me as quickly as I see them. And of course, if you've enjoyed the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast, but you want to get more news on the entire SEC conference, such as maybe why Ole Miss and Kentucky are both teams that are full of fool's gold, you can go check out Chris Gordy over on the Lockdown SEC podcast, where he covers all 14 SEC teams in just 30 minutes with the help and assistance of the local team experts of Locked On who cover SEC programs. So again, be sure to make Locked On SEC your second listen after, of course, the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. But once again, y'all, that does it for me on today's show. Hope that you all have a great rest of your Friday, a fantastic weekend. I wish you all the very best in the recovery process from this horrible, tragic storm. And listen, to the people of South Carolina, North Carolina, and Georgia, take Hurricane Ian seriously. There's still a lot of life-threatening conditions that it can bring to your area. So please listen to your local meteorologist, and don't try to do anything crazy this weekend, okay? I'll catch y'all on the next show of the Locked On Game Talks podcast.